This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. My name is Dee Martin. I work for Fourth Element. I'm the hardware product manager and I'm here on the podcast to chat with Gemma and Ian. everyone welcome to the big school podcast this is episode 82 and my name is ian and i'm with hello my name is Gemma. <laughs> hello there so thank you for downloading this episode and uh, thanks for joining us and uh, if this is your first time welcome yes hello 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 <laughs> so what's coming up on this lovely episode we've got lots to talk about lots we? to chat about um yeah um so since we last spoke um, we have been diving at Stony Cove in the UK. Yeah, we um, had two dives. We did, yeah. Um, we've got a bit of news on the Ford Raptor that we've got on trial as a, mm-hmm. sto- as a scuba truck. Yeah, that's exciting. I look forward to that. A um, little bit about o- our great friends over at O3 and the Peregrine Shearwater cos- and the Cosmic Plus dive Di- computers. Yeah. So we've got a little bit on dive computers, a bit about semi-dry suits, uh, raptor trucks and uh, a bit of diving and a bit of fitness yeah not to forget our guest on episode 82. oh yeah oh yeah dean martin the, the rat pack we got one of the rat pack okay. i'm right excited and who knew that he could sing and dance like that I know. yeah professional dancer i know it's brilliant and uh, he certainly kept that quiet yeah dancer like fantastic yeah that's right so if you are now listening to us for the first time, somehow we've made it into over a hundred countries, which I find yeah, a bit yeah. mind-boggling, really. It was 101 last time I looked a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so um, how does that happen? I don't know. But anyway, uh, we want to say thank you, and uh, thank you very much for downloading and giving us your ears uh, for this little bit of time. So um, you're probably wondering what we're all about and uh, we are divers we love talking about diving don't we yeah being under the water but on the water as well yeah we do a bit of paddle boarding and kayaking as well mm-hmm. um, but generally we like to talk to other people who are divers free divers and maybe they've done a bit of exploring as well yeah and it includes conservationists artists anybody marine connected. biologists yeah. Even had NASA astronauts. We on. have, yeah, because so, they uh, train in the water. So anything. And not forgetting our good friend Richard Garrier, who's been to the most deepest part of the ocean as well. Yeah, the Mariana Trench. Yeah. yeah. So um, we and our lovely, our great friends at uh, the Ministry of Defence. Yeah. I no. see they're in action at the weekend. Actually. Were they? Yeah, in Hull. There's a, <laughs> um, a 500 kilogram bomb uh, from World War Two found, wow. and um, yeah, the guys are. Um, used to uh, detonate with yeah. a controlled explosion yesterday so uh, anyway let's not talk about explosions and that we're here to talk about diving let's and talk about stony like cove let's talk we? about so we went to stony cove uh last su- saturday yeah a very hot day oh my god it was so hot wasn't it yeah but it gave us an opportunity yeah hello to our good friends over at stony cove and um it's always nice to have a little chat with them. Yep, it was good to see them all, and it was good to see everywhere so busy and people that we knew from our local dive centre and other friends from other dive centres. Yeah, as well. yeah. Uh, so we saw some friends from Norwich 
and also from Ilkshaw. Ilkeston and Kimberley, South Africa. Yes. yes, we saw Lydia and her friend, Claire. Yeah. And it was also um, Paddy Women's Dive it Day was, as well, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, so it was great, wasn't it? And yeah. it was another day where we got to try something new. We got to try our diving in our semi-dry suits from O3. Yeah, that, and uh, we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. So diving-wise, you know, we done two dives, didn't we? We did. You were working really late, um, so we, we didn't get up there at all too early. No, there we? was no pressure to, like... But we wanted to get a couple of dives done as well, didn't mm -hmm. we? We got to practice on the S&B, because you hadn't done any... Well, no, I not done any SMB work for a while. Not since St Abs last September. So yeah, so it was good to get in the water and give those a go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we sent a couple up on each dive, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a little mosey on around, and yeah, yeah just uh, got used to yeah being in the and water. And the water again. was so warm, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> really warm. It was something like uh, was it seventeen degrees or something? Yeah, like that. we went down to twelve meters, and it was still pretty. Warm, yeah, it? Yes, yeah. it was about 10 degrees, I think, down at um, yeah. 12 meters. Yeah, uh, and the visibility was pretty good. Yeah, wasn't bad. So, yeah, it was, it was quite busy, so it's never going to be like crystal clear, is it? So, no, 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 no. Uh, but it was, it was good. It was a really nice, nice day. But oh my god, it was so hot. I think um, the car temperature gauge was giving out something like 35 yeah, when, when we left. It was certainly, it's one of the hottest days in the Which UK. for our American friends has got to be what? 80s, uh, 90s. That's isn't got it? to be in the 90s, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was a... And there's some people, some brave souls there um, who are in dry suits and their thermals and stuff and they're, you could just see the sweat pouring off them. Yeah, they were. Because <laughs> Stony Cove is a great place but that is one sun trap there was no the wind, sun, was there? The sun just goes all the way around if you know Stone the Cove, yeah. and um, yeah, um, there's no, there's no, no get sleep. out from it at all unless you go and order a cup of tea and yeah, have a yeah. little bit of a shade. But yeah. no, so but we got through it and it was a lovely day. It was, it was. So uh, hello to everyone who come and had hello. We had a flag up. We did, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had people taking the pictures. With yeah, it. that was brilliant. <laughs> so uh, that was really good. So. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, and thanks to uh, Stony Cove for uh, making us feel welcome. Yes, yeah, it was, it's a really lovely place. Great to see the open water swimmers as well. So really busy. Yeah, so if you're looking for somewhere to dive in the UK, there we go. There's another. Look up another Stony Cove, one. yeah. Okay. Um, so we are going to the Farn Islands mm -hmm. later this week. Yeah. Uh, and I've got to admit, it's one of my favourite dive sites in the UK. Um, I love going there. I love going to sea houses. Um, the landscapes are brilliant. If you don't know where that this is um, and you listen to different part of the world, uh, we go into the Farne Islands, which is on the north east, east coast of the UK. Uh -huh. They're, they're, they're um, rocks that yeah, used yeah. to be inhabited back, I think, about the 1700s. Yeah, and it's where um, it got famous for the RNLI, Grace Darling. She kind of went out and rescued a load of people. She did, she? yeah. Mm. Her dad was uh, involved. Yeah, and yeah. I think she lost her father, I think, yeah. in, in her. Yeah, there's, some there's a museum up there that I've been to as well. So she so. rode out mm -hmm. in the pitch black of night at winter. Crazy water, crazy storm, yeah. Didn't know where she was going, and she went and saved them, people. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah, brave lady. Do you know what I mean? Well, young so, girl. So, you know, it absolutely. To do that today with modern technology and modern clothing and with a, a powered boat, yeah. you know, is brave. To do that in those days, yeah. on your own, 
in pitch black, swirling waters. seas. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so there's a bit of history up there, definitely. Yeah. yeah she had watsits <laughs> the size of cannonballs. That's all I can say. It's basically saving people. Yeah. So, yeah she was on yeah. a mission. Um, yeah, very extraordinary, extremely big. But and also uh, the Farns is also well known uh, for its wrecks. So it's very well known for seals and puffins. Yeah. Um, there's a nature reserve on the island, and it's very famous. Um, it's just if you look at the border where England meets Scotland, and it's right just below that. Yeah. And um, but there's, there's something like 250 wrecks all dotted around the island. Yeah, it's an amazing coastline. There's plenty of castles, isn't there, as well, to yeah, see. Yeah. Yeah. Harry Potter was filmed at um, Co yeah, Castle, yeah, which is not far, far from there. Mm. Uh, beautiful castle. Uh, but the scenery and uh, the history and, uh, it, you know, it's just absolutely awesome. And if anyone hasn't been uh, to that part of the world, it is definitely worth a visit. Yeah, and it's accessible. It's going to take us about what, six, seven hours to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but it's nothing really. No, so. but can't wait to get up there and we're meeting uh, some of the Norwich crew uh, yeah. from Crystal Sea Scuba. Um, we're going to be meeting them up there Thursday. Yeah, uh, and we Thursday might even evening. see Lydia from Ilkeston and Kimberley. Oh, yes. They're going to be there uh, on their way up to St Abbs as yeah. well. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, uh, which is also another great dive site just south of them, from there. North. What's an abs? Yeah, it's is north. It? Oh, it is, isn't it? I'm, I, I'm losing my bearings. Geography. I'm just testing there. That's all. Um, so yeah, that's that. And how are we getting up there? I think we're going in a new four so by four vehicle. We've got to say hello to our great friends in Ford UK. Uh, Ford uh, Motor Company in the UK um, have very kindly given us one of their beautiful shiny raptors shiny blue shiny blue ford ranger raptors uh to use for a week and to make some content with um to test review um they've got there's an old picture on one of the old brochures um with uh, scuba tanks in mm -hmm. and uh, i wanted to really kind of redo that if we can um and you know tell everybody you know let's do a review on this truck yeah as a as scuba a, truck a scuba vehicle because you know when you go diving what are you going to use yeah well we're going to be taking all our dive equipment and our paddle boards yeah will so it all go gonna, in mm. what's it like to live with yeah yeah and drive around and how comfy it is to on a quite a long journey as well yeah so, it is yeah so, yeah so watch this space yeah um max power 213 uh 69 seconds i know um 36 36 miles to the gallon so for two um, metres wide. Yeah, 2.2 metres wide. Yeah, and then just over five metres long. Yeah. So, so it's a uh, chunky vehicle. Bit of a beast. <laughs> uh, can't wait to try it. I've, I have had a Ranger in the past, and uh, they, you know, they are a great <laughs> truck. But this is even bigger. Always need a good truck, don't you? Yes, we're certainly going to be seen. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be testing it out. Four scuba uh, cylinders will be going in, all the dive kit, yep. paddle boards. Uh, and bits and pieces, plus all your makeup and Oi. hair products. <laughs> oh God! Just for a couple of days away. You know, yes. you, you kind of pack for like a, a month, month when you go when you go away for a day, don't you? Well, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> the weather might be unpredictable. We need a pit. We need a trailer just for your handbag. Oh, shut up! <laughs> so rude. 
<laughs> anyway, so yeah, so we got that, um, and uh, can't wait to do some tests and some reviews and uh, doing some bits and pieces with mm. it, really. Yeah. And, uh, so look out for that. It's really exciting. So our guest um, is lovely Dean Martin. Um, now we I thought we'd invite Dean on and have a chat with Dean. Yes. Um, because he's somebody who we have uh, seen on social media. He's, he's, you know, he's always quite busy on social quite active media. Quite and active. yeah. But he's also been in the diving world for a long time. His career's been, you know, spent a lot in the diving world, in the industry. Mm, yeah, he knows, he's obviously, um, I was going to say, been around a long time. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's very well established in the diving industry and the free diving industry as well. Yeah, yeah. and um, product development manager for Fourth Element. Mm, yeah. And, uh, involved in some exciting projects yes that he's told us well he's mentioned um not given us any detail but yeah, yeah it sounds yeah. like he's got an exciting role think, and uh, on memory we wanted to get dean on um a while back actually um, but the time wasn't right um for dean no and, you know and uh, but now the time is and he was really um, happy to come on and that's brilliant you know yeah. and give us a bit give us a bit of his time we're always really appreciative of our guests who come on and give us a bit of their time and uh, yeah, he spent uh, you know a lot of time, you know, looking at different products. Mm. Uh, he's involved, which I thought was quite interesting, in the RK3 yeah. uh, fin, which a lot of divers do use, um, and that was based on I think jet fins or something like that. Yeah, um, she might correct me on. I don't know, but um, yeah. So he's been involved in things that are actually you know divers are out there using, and yeah, yeah. how cool is that? Mm. Yeah, it's great. You know, so. Um, yeah, you know, if you um, are in your di into into your diving, um, chances are you are using items which Dean has been involved yeah. in the production and the design. Yeah, he's had a hand in. So yeah, it's a really. And if it's, and if it's gloves, literally. <laughs> so there you go. So there we go. That's you know. Um, so he's got a lot to talk to us about. He's got a lot to yeah. And he's, share, very, and he's got a lot of knowledge. Yeah, and he's a very jolly character as well. So he's part of yeah, yeah. yeah and so. who knew he could dance? I know. Yeah, professional dancer. They so. kept that quiet. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's a, a bit um, off grid at the moment because he's broken. Well, yeah, not broken. He's he's ruptured his Achilles. So yeah, yeah it's a big is, injury that. So yeah, uh, we yeah. wish him a speedy recovery. Yes, that, yeah, I'm sure still waiting to all hear. All listeners will as well. Yeah, so, but yeah, he's definitely um, a name out there in the UK diving industry yeah. that, yeah. So should we give him a call? Yeah, I think we should. Um... So call in Dean Martin on st stage right. <laughs> yeah, he can uh, tiptoe out and give us some moves. Yeah, give us some moves <laughs> and dance his way into the podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Let's do it. Right, here's Dean Martin from Paul Woohoo! <laughs> So, Dean Martin, thank you very much for joining us on the Big Scuba podcast. Um, so, tell us a bit about you. How did you get into diving? Who got you started on the track of the underwater world? God. Um, so, it goes back to, I started in 91. Yeah. Um, bit of a long story, but I'll leave that bit out. But I used to... I used to dance professionally, which really? most people don't know about. And I'd... Um, what sort of dance? I used to do like pop videos and stuff like that. Because you've got a great name, haven't you, for yeah. showbiz and things. There's Nobody ever Rat Pack. You know, I'm presuming you sing. 
dance? No. no. <laughs> I dance. Yeah, well, I used to dance. So we, I'd had an accident and my parents had a apartment in Malta. So I was over there convalescing, getting back on my feet, and I just happened to be sat on the wall in St Paul's Bay and saw two divers literally walk out the water up the steps and struck up a bit of a conversation with them. Um, and the guy said to me, obviously, you know, I can see you've, you've, you're struggling at the minute on your legs. He said, but would you like to give it a go? I said, well, I'd, I'd love to. He said, right, okay, be here tomorrow and we'll take you in, do a little bit of a try dive. Obviously, this is going, this, obviously, this is back in 91. Right. So I did that, absolutely thought it was the best thing that had ever happened. Um, didn't really pursue it any further then, but went back a year later, obviously when my legs and everything were, were okay, and I did my first course with Multaqua. Okay. Um, my instructor at the time was a guy called Sean Upton, who's Mike and Agnes, who originally owned, well, who owned Multaqua. It was yeah. their son. Um, so Sean was my first instructor. And the courses then I did, um, it was B's, I did a BZAC course and I did my novice one and two, as it, I think as, as it was then. Um, came back to the UK, joined the dive club um, in Manchester and then started UK diving. So I'd, I'd, I'd done all my initial you know, learning to dive, obviously yeah. in Malta. Um, and then I had a big awakening coming back to the UK and learning to dive. Well, progressing it's in a the... really great place to learn to dive as well, isn't it? You know, well, the really first, with the dive club, the first place we dived was uh, Albert Dock in Liverpool. Yeah. I don't know if you, I mean, obviously going back a bit, but you remember when they used to have the TV programme there? Is it this much? I don't know, it's this, it, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They used to have the weather map. That's it, yeah. So we died. So you would you were diving in what was the old docks, okay. um, and you could dive under the weather map. But at the time, then when I before I'd left Malta, I'd had a custom wetsuit made, thinking this is what everybody dives in. Mm-hmm. So I had this, <laughs> I had this, <laughs> yeah, I had this seven mil custom wetsuit that was. I mean, I've got pictures of it somewhere. It was horrific. The, you know, the, the the color scheme that I decided to go with back then. It was horrific. Um, 90s we're talking sort of neo oh yeah yeah it was like bright blue I mean I even think it had a bit of pink on it did it have a smile when the smiley faces on no it was like um it was like a diamond cut it was everybody had the same suits you just got a choice of which color which which colors you went for um and why I chose it I've got no idea absolutely no idea um but I remember walking in the water there's, there's like um in the docks they've got like steps going there's got steps going down, and I remember the few of the guys from the club are already in the water, and obviously they're all in dry suits, and they're all looking at me, and you can see their eyes like it's this brave. is this is going to be funny, because it was late November, early December, oh, in the- and I'm in a wetsuit, and it's not it's not even a semi dry, it's a wetsuit. And that, that point when you start walking down the steps and the water's coming up slowly, obviously it goes past your knees. And you know. start getting a little bit further and you think, whoa, this, 
gets to your privates and they uh, yeah, it starts taking your breath away a little bit. Um, and then obviously we got under the, you know, we got down. It's so I think this max depth there's like I don't even think it's like five meters. But what they do at um, at, the, at the docks, or what they or I presume they still do it, they used to open the sluice, get the the gates to the. I presume it's to, well, it's to the Mersey. Yeah. I think they used to open it once a month just to let the water circulate. And I presume that when they'd last opened it, there was a jellyfish bloom or jellyfish had got in. Oh. Um, and then obviously now they're contained within <laughs> the docks for however long it is until they open the gates again and, and cycle the water out. Um, and I know like the moon, and, and it's only like the moon jellyfish, you know, the one that the ones like, it's like the, the disc that's got the four, looks like they've got the four yeah. circles in. But once we got down below, I'd say about two meters, it was just this thick band of jellyfish for about a good meter. And then after, then under that there was there was nothing, but it was just literally the whole of Albert Dock was a just I don't know what you call it, but it's a swarm of jellyfish. I don't know. Murky in there as well, no? Yeah, I mean obviously going back, I mean obviously they'd done a lot of work cleaning it out and everything, but yeah, you, you used to find quite a few, you know, shopping trolleys and bikes and things like that because you know stuff. But it was uh, so that was my baptism into the UK diving. Did the jellyfish sting? No, no, not at all. You literally just swim. You literally just swim straight through them. But it's just, it's just so many. You know, it's it's that. You know, it's the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. Um, and then we used to do a lot of diving in like Wasswater, Coniston. Um, obviously, we used to go to like Cape and Rain, things like that. But the the, the club tried to, you know, mix it up a little bit. Um, we used to do a lot of diving around um, North Wales, Porthscadden, Menai Straits. And it was quite an active, quite an active club. Um, we used to go to Dorothea quite a bit as well. Um, obviously, this is back in the days when you know there was a lot of people used to go there. Um, you know, they used to do training and that at, at Dorothea, obviously Cape and Ray. What level have you got to in your diving career? I did uh, with Bezac. I went up to. I got up to in these. I did my sport dive leader. The dive leader, yeah, did, did my dive leader, assistant yeah. instructor, um, and then I crossed over. Um, I had a friend that was a course director for Nawi. Okay. So cross over to Nawi. Yeah. Um, but he made me go through everything right from the start. It was one of them things. It was like the how Biza could talk and how now we taught was obviously there was, there was quite a few differences. So he said, look, the easiest way to do it, to get into the, the swing of it, let's just go, let's start right back at the beginning, work all the way through, then you know how we teach. Yeah. We did that. Um, later on did some crossovers and did like my, my um, Paddy um, Dive Master. Dive Master? Yeah, Dive Master. Yeah. Um, I've done a few um, oxygen, you know, the oxygen, you know, the oxygen courses and things like that as well, oxygen administration and things like that. And then 
Um, some first response. You know, a bit, bit more of the you know twin set diving, in tech diving, and things like that. But never really wanted to go on to do any full on teaching qualifications. Yeah, teaching wasn't for me. I was. I'm not. I think you've even with on the teaching side. I think you've either you've either got that in you that you want to. Don't get me wrong. It's great when you take somebody and then you teach. You know, you you show them how to clear a mask or take a regulator out and put regulator back in the first time. But it wasn't me. It 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 didn't suit me to take that further. Um, and then obviously in recent years I've done my CCR. Um, I dive on a old classic inspiration. Okay. Still dive, still dive on one of those, um, and then two years ago I took up free diving as well. Wow. Um, which to me, it's the. I know this is obviously we're on scuba, but it was the free diving side that just blew my mind. Wow. Um, what what was it about? So excited. Sorry. What What was it about it that blew your mind? Why do you say that? I think it was. I took to it quite well, I think, because I was, I'm, I'm very calm in the water anyway. Um, and I'd, obviously I was quite fortunate because obviously the, the, the jobs I've had and some of the, the competition, you know, I've been, I've, I've been to some, you know, some good competitions and things like that. And it's, um, I know there's been a recent discussion about whether um, free, free diving should become an Olympic sport. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a few, you know, there's been a few talks about that, but the, the 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 biggest alarming thing for me is that when you go, it's different from what you see, the nice pictures on Instagram and things like that of you know beautiful divers in beautiful locations and it all looks really serene and all the rest of it, but the reality of it when you start to actually learn, it's more, it, it definitely is mind over body. Yeah. And they teach you to, um, the instructor that I have is, is a guy called Steve Millard. And very quickly said, when you start, we started doing static. And again, when we started doing it, it was just coming into lockdown. Um, and it was like pools were shut. So it's like, well, I can't, we can't really start your training. And I was like, no, I, I, I really want to start. Well, what do we need? Well, we need a body of water. Okay. So what do we need? He said, well, a a big enough body of water that you can lie down full length with your head submerged, but I need to be with you. (laughs) I'm I'm thinking, do I know anyone who's got a, you know, private pool or anything like that? And I'm thinking, and I said to him, can you do it in a hot tub? (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I suppose you could if it was a big enough one. I said, well, what's the water temperature? He said, but they'd be too hot. I said, well, you can turn them down. He said, well, if you can get it to, I can't remember what the temperature he wanted. He wanted it at like this optimum, I think it was 27 degrees temperature or whatever. He said, we can get it down to that to perfect conditions. I said, right, okay, I'll switch the hot, I'll switch the heater off. I'll get it down. So Steve came around about, I think it was the next night or the night after, and we started doing statics in a hot tub. So it was, so it was two middle-aged men in a hot tub. In, one um, laying face down, yeah. Yeah, one face, yeah, one face down in, um, <laughs> in a back garden in Manchester. But it was quite surreal because it's like all I could hear was the birds in the trees and 
so it was, it was actually quite relaxing. So this was like my very, very first free diving session that I'd ever done. Yeah. Um, and Steve's like, have you, have you ever done any static? So I said, well, no. He said, well, well, you've never even like lay in the bath and thought, I'm going to hold my breath. I said, no, I've never tried it. I said, because... Have you? I don't think I have. No, I've, I'd, I'd not. And I'm thinking, as divers, it's, it's the one thing you're always told... Yeah. Do. yeah. Don't hold your breath. Yeah. So he said, if you really never give it a go, I said, no. So he says, right, okay. Because obviously you need, you've, you've got to give yourself a goal to start with. So what Steve had already said, look, whatever we think you can get to on your first one, we can normally double it by the end of the first session. Wow. And I thought, right, okay, well, if I, if I say a minute, at least I can get to two minutes because I'd always, I don't know why I'd always have this block in my head, whether it's something that was said to me as a kid or I don't know, but if you, if you hold your breath more than three minutes, you will die. I think it was, I think it was, I think it's obviously, I remember it as a kid. Obviously I think it was a case of if you, if your brain starved of oxygen for three minutes, you're going to die. But it was just, it was just this mental block. And it was like, no, it doesn't work like that. So I said, okay, so I said, yeah, but I've seen them in the competition. I think it was worse for me because I'd seen what happens in competitions when people push it a little bit too far. Yeah. Um, so he says, right, okay, let's give it a go. He said, right, what I need you to do, he said, because once you start holding your breath, you will start getting contractions. He said, and all it is, he said, it's your brain telling you to breathe. Mm. He said, it's a natural thing. He said, you'll start getting like, almost like contractions, I don't want to say convulsions, but it's, it's, you can feel you, you, you want it to breathe. And he said, all it is, it's your brain telling you, breathe. He said, but you've got enough oxygen in your system that you don't need to. He said, obviously you can push it too far. I said, but we're not even going to go anywhere near that. So anyway, so he does the first one. So, and then he explains that once you're face down, he's going to give, you know, if we're going to say we're going to do a minute, once we get to 30 seconds, it'll, it'll tap me. And then I have to respond. I have to, we, you, you have to do a respond. And my one was, I'll just, I'll move my finger. Cause obviously you need to be as in a relaxed state as possible. Yeah. That because any movement is using oxygen. And energy. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's using energy up. So we did that. We, you know, did the minute, did the two, got to two minutes, got to two and a half minutes. Then we, progressed it a little bit more got to you know three got to three minutes wow. and I think after the first session I think I was already at three and a half minutes um that's a long time and you you start then to get a proper buzz because it's like what I broke the you know I broke the three minute barrier yeah does it become addictive yeah it's and but the thing is it's like you, you, the time increments you know you don't go from all right I, I, I'd gone from doing nothing to three and a half minutes in the first session but it's not like you can suddenly then say right I'm going to go to five or I'm going to go to six it's like you're adding every time you do it you might add like 10 seconds on or 15 seconds on so Steve's like right okay that's it for this session I'm like it's like, really can we not carry on he said no because you 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 get to the point and we worked out for me it was my my best one is my third attempt. Mm -hmm. So you do like a warm up, 
then a, a, a try, then you go for it. But then if you don't try and do a fourth one, it's less, it's, it's, it's less. So, you know, yeah, you know the way it goes, but over the space of the next, you know, few sessions and that, and then obviously pools, you know, eventually pools opened up and we managed to go back out and I got to four and a half minutes. Oh, wow. So I was so up, up, up at the moment, I'm at four and a half. That's good going, that. That's a long time. And is that, well, that's on the static, is it? Or that's is static, that? yeah. So that's the static lying face down, relaxed. So you literally just, well, whatever position you want to be in in the water that makes you relax. If you was actually looking around and having the dive how long would you say would be a comfortable time for you for for what you're actually having a dive free dive free dive all right okay so once pools back opened um we then started doing what we call dynamic which is lengths yeah lengths in the pool which at the dive club on a wednesday you know when we used to go to the pool on a dive club on a wednesday night we used to have a a mess about and a play at stuff like that you know yeah. <coughs> excuse me let's all see how you know can we can we can we swim a full length on one breath is that most, 25 meter pool again it depends on what length of pool you're in most yeah. most pools are you know are around 25 meters long um but obviously there's quite a few pools in the uk that are 50 meter pools um so i think the first time we, we tried it and then obviously now you've you're doing it with um, fins on so you've got the big long free diving fins yeah um and then but then there's other things that need to do when you start doing the transitions when you get to the wall to turn around because obviously you don't come up you turn around underwater and it's you've got these big long fins on that are, when you go to do the turn initially it's very very cumbersome yeah and if you put the fins flat against the wall you almost get suction off them so you, you, you kick your legs to go off and it's almost like the fins are trying to pull you back onto it because they're stuck against the wall um but again it's just showing your techniques and stuff like that so within the first session of that i think i did 75 meters on the first which is obviously like three lengths um and then they teach you all the recovery breathing after you've done it and when you get to the surface and then obviously you've got the you've got all this spent up air inside you that you need to you need to recirculate that and obviously it's not a case of just a big exhale to get rid of it you have to do it gradually and um and again you know it's like you know with, with scuba diving that you die you know with a buddy you know but you dive with a buddy yeah when you're free diving exactly the same so if i'm doing if i'm doing stuff on the surface i will have a spotter or a somebody else following me all the time that's watching yeah. and you obviously you do um you know you talk recovery techniques you know if someone wants to black out or whatever or how to bring them to the surface and clear their airways and get them because nine times out of time like say with they call it shallow water blackouts or you know you black out and that it's it's you know little taps to the face and blowing blowing across your face and you come round but Touch wood, I've not. Um... That's cool. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of strings for your uh, underwater bow, so we say. You know, yeah. PCR, uh, scuba diving, twin sets, uh, free diving, and you know what? Yeah. You because you, you're married, children. You know, yeah. are, are they into the underwater? Not at all. Not at all. No. Wow. No. Absolutely opposite. Absolutely opposite. Yeah. No. It was, yeah, family holidays was always a nightmare. It was a case of, you know, you're packing up and it's like, 
Why, why are you packing all your diving kit? <laughs> yeah. Going somewhere, really, somewhere really nice that we can, I can go for a dive. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. So your love of kind of diving, that kind of put you on a career path then? Yeah. I mean, like I say, so I'd, I'd learned to, I'd learned to dive in, you know, I was like, you know, like we said, you know, in Malta and then learned, you know, joined a dive club in the UK um I, I still say it now you know i used to have a proper job um i was a recruitment consultant at the time okay and there was a dive shop in manchester called diving and marine services it's closed down now but it was there was a guy there called john sawyer and he'd had the shop for years and years and years it was you know he's one of them everybody knew john and i used to go in there on a Saturday, you know, just to have a coffee and talk rubbish with everyone that, you know, every, every, you know, that everyone does when they go in the dive shop on a Saturday afternoon. And then I started helping John out now and again of, you know, when newbies came in and they want to, what fins should I buy, what snorkel should I get and started helping him out. And then John said to me one day, he said, you're quite good at this, you know. So I said, really? He went, no, you are. He said, my profits have gone right up since you've been coming in here on a Saturday. Really? He said, I absolutely love it. So I said, right, okay. I said, well, what are you going to do? Start paying me. So he went, oh, don't go that <laughs> Don't Don't get ahead of yourself. So I said, well, I'm not going to carry on doing it for nothing. Yeah. To be told, I would have gladly carried on doing it for nothing. So he said, oh, what we'll do? He said, um, we'll put you on a sort of commission but we'll build it up over the weeks and you can get kit for it. So I was like, why not? So we did that. I think that went on for about another year. And then, uh, like I say, so I've still got my proper, you know, proper job doing the recruitment consultant. And then he said, um, there's a job going if you, if you fancy it. So I said, oh, what's that? He said, oh, Martin, at, Martin Walker at Beaver Sports. Um, he's after a, European sales rep. Okay. So I said, doing what? He said, well, selling diving equipment, driving around shops, selling diving equipment. I thought, what, people do that? You get paid for it? And he went, yeah. He said, do you speak any languages? So I said, well, yeah, I speak German. He said, well, perfect. So I thought, well, let's give it a go. So anyway, so phoned Martin up. He said, yeah, come up, have an interview more or less offered me the job straight away. So then I had to go back to my my boss at the time at the recruitment agency. And I said, um, I'm handing my notice in. And he was like, what do you mean you're handing your notice in? Pe people, don't hand, people don't leave the recruitment business. You're in it for life. You know, you've already, you've already built up your black book of your contacts. Who are you going to work for? So no, I'm going, I'm not going to... Who's poached you? No one's poached me. <laughs> no, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. So you, you must be going to work for another agency. Who's who? What's the offered you? I said, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and work for a diving company. He was like rubbish. Just didn't believe. He said, he said, look, I'm not accepting your resignation until you bring me a copy of the contract of who you're going to work for. Literally, did not believe that I was gonna. <laughs> Wow, that's quite severe. Not doing what I was doing to go and start working for a diving company, driving around Europe selling diving equipment. Beaver makes some uh, good products as well, for, especially for yeah. 
So I brought the brought the contract in to to, to show him, and he was like, I'm, he said, I'm gobsmacked. He said, why why would you do it? I said, well, look, you know, I die. He said, well, yeah, I know you die. And I said, but it's one of them things. If I don't give it a go, I don't want to look back in years saying, why didn't I not try that? Mm. So he said, right, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, I'll do. I make you deal. I'll keep hold of your black book for six months. Give it a go for six months. If you don't like it, your job's still here. I'll give you your black book back and we can carry on and we won't talk about it again. <laughs> so I said, right, okay. Fair, you know, can't, can't say fairer than that. Try, started, started working at Beaver. And at the time I was, I was covering Holland, Germany, Belgium, Luxembourg, um, mainly. And I also did, um, I didn't do, I did nothing in the UK, mm. but I also did Ireland. Okay. Um, and I was literally had a week in the office, week on the road, week in the office, week on the road. Wow. And I did that for 10 years. Wow. Did that for 10 years. Um, and then a job came up at, obviously, you know yourself, when, you, when you're in, within the trade, you, yeah. everybody's friends with all the other manufacturers and everything else. So everybody the speaks to The world is a uh, small world. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And I was offered the, there was a guy called Peter Greenwell, who at the time was the sales manager at Apex. Okay. Apex at the time, this was back in 2010. Right. Um, Aqualung, sorry, Aqualung, Apex at the time was separate to Aqualung within the UK. Yeah. It was, um, there was a different company that was looking after Aqualung, but Aqualung, and Apex were going through a transition at the time of they were trying to bring all their distributors and workings within the company together. Yeah. So because Apex had their own place and it was part of the company, yeah. um, because Aqualon own Apex as a as as a, a brand and, and obviously business. And um so I started working for them in 2011 as a sales, as the Northern sales rep. Yeah. And then as people progressed up the company, my boss went on to the next job. I went into his position and then went on to be sales manager. Um, so I was at Aqualung, well, Apex or Aqualung, or Aqualung UK, should I say. I was there for, in, this, in that position, in the sales side for eight years. And then the last two years, I crossed over onto the product side. Okay. Yeah. the global masvin and snorkel guy for Frackle yeah. for group so it's now so i was now into group position yeah um so whereas before i was looking at local level i.e my the country that i am based in yes i'm now i was now working between although i was i was still based at apex in blackburn um my time was split between genoa aquilung italy or technisub as it, you know, as it was, um, which is where they make all the mass fins and snorkels. So uh, the last two years, I was literally splitting myself between the UK and and, and Italy, which is obviously, you know, around that area is absolutely stunning. You know, you're five minutes down the road from Portofino. It was just beautiful. It's part of the world, but it's not easy doing all that uh, travelling like that. It's, it, it, it's not, no. And I'd say it's not, it's, it's not great on home life and all the rest of it, but... Mm when it's part of your job in it, you know, within, as you, you know, 
other people that you've had on the podcast and things like that, this diving, no matter which form you're in, it takes it takes over your life. Yes, and uh, it, um, it's a great thing about it because um, I think once you do start down there, whether it's free dive and scuba dive or whatever, you never know. Once you've done your open water certificate, where oh, you go. You just got to be open to it and say, right, I'm going to go. I'm on this path. Let's see where it takes me. Yeah. I mean, I've I've been on when I was on the sales side, and we used to have Aqualand has an international dive meeting every year for all the distributors, like a distributors meeting, um, big international sales meeting. Um, you know, and this is you know people from Japan, Korea, Australia, Canada, France, you know, ev- everywhere that Aqualand everybody meets up for four four days over the year yeah and i remember the first time when i was sales manager that obviously i now get to go to this meeting and this meeting changes around the world every year depending on where they have it and going back to what i was saying before when i first learned to dive my instructor sean upton from multaqua he now runs mna which is the the Aqualung Apex distributorship in Malta. So my instructor is now my customer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like completely full circle. And obviously Sean, you know, at the meetings, he's like, I taught him to dive. (laughs) He's only here because of me. (laughs) And it's that, you know, it's that relationship that you get that, you know, when you do meet people within the industry, you know, even if you, you know, meet them years later, it's, it's just, yeah. It doesn't take hold. It definitely takes hold of you. Yeah. And there's something we've probably, I think we've all missed, I think, with the lockdowns and that, um, you know, with no dive uh, dive shows going on. Um, I think that's something you do miss because you yeah. do miss that that chat and, you know, your network and, and things yeah. like that. It, uh, Zooms are great and, it, you know, and it has its place, but there is nothing quite like, you know, having a day where you're meeting and greeting and, yeah. you know, we talking think to people. February 2020, wasn't it? We did the go diving And you weren't show. even a diver. Yeah. I wasn't a diver you? then, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and then, yeah, we haven't done anything since. Yeah. Oh, really? So, you, so at that show, you weren't a diver? No, I started, well, I had signed up in the January, hadn't I? Yeah, you'd done your tri-dive. And then lockdown hit, so got a bit done. And then I qualified literally a year tomorrow. I did my open water. And then, yeah, lockdown happened again, didn't it? Yeah. So I've got 21 log dives. Wow. <laughs> it's funny because prior, prior to that show, and I remember it was, it was that show that everyone was now talking about something was, something was going on. Yeah. Mm. But for us guys, prior to that, I mean, we'd done, you know, the start of the year, I'd gone to Paris Dive. I did Paris Dive Show. I was in Paris at the dive show there, right in the centre of Paris. I was there for five days. Oh. I'd flown back from Paris to the UK. I think it was back in the UK for two days. Then I flew back out to Nice for a meeting there. Then flew from Nice to Munich. Munich to Dusseldorf, did Dusseldorf dive show, the boat, yeah, but that's, that's boot. did that for 10 days, came back, I think I was home for two or three days, and I flew to Canada for a week and a half, yeah. diving in, um, um, on Vancouver Island, 
right. Hornby Island, Island, just off Vancouver Island, where all the masses of the the sea the, the sea seals uh, sea lions are. Mm-hmm. And between Paris and Bow, because obviously you know, well you know yourself with the dive shows, you know it's the same people that travel travel all around, and it was like we'd all we'd come back from Paris, and I didn't you know I didn't feel too good. But you start thinking, well, it's just the difference between it's quite damp here and then it's really cold there and you go somewhere else and it's warm and you think it's just, you know, obviously you're on the flights and, you know, you're only when you're on, you know, and you go flights on, yeah. on planes and that now and again, it's like you're always going to pick up, you get to pick up a bit of a sniffle or whatever. And I thought I'm just going down with a bit of a cold. But I remember flying out to Canada um, and being at the airport and, seeing not just everyone always used to think that it was only like the Japanese or the you know the, the, the used to wear the masks all the time other than medical staff that it was the first time for me that it was like everyone's wearing masks where do I get one from and I, I, I remember posting a picture on Facebook with oh look I'm wearing a mask thinking you know yeah. doing something new yeah. And the, the the comments from people going, what are you wearing one of them for? <laughs> you know, little did we know yeah. Yeah. what was what was coming. Yeah. But yeah. I remember being at, like you say, the go diving show and speaking to a few guys there. And it was like, because the, the next show we had after that one was going to be Udi in uh, Italy. Wow. Um, and they said, I remember one of the guys come up, she said, Udi's been cancelled. And I was like, what do you mean Udi's been cancelled? said, they've cancelled it. They've literally just dropped it. Now it's it's not on. I'm like, why? She said, you not, you need to go and check it. And it was literally the day that it was like, you need to go and check the news out. There's 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 people dying. Hmm. Well, it was all starting to kick off then. Yeah, especially in Italy. Yeah. It was really bad, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah. And then look where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you you mentioned Apex, and I, I think it's only fair to give them a mention because, um, you know, we both dive with Apex regs, um, and they've been good. So, yeah, uh, yeah really been good. good, good to us as well. Aren't they? Yes, so, yeah. In the past. So, um, but you now work for uh, Fourth Element as a product yeah. manager. Yeah, I'm hardware product manager. So I do, or I'm now starting to do anything other than wetsuits and dry suits and the 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 soft side yeah you know, the clothes the clothing the apparel um so i'm i'm looking at everything other than that right okay yeah which is very broad <laughs> so in the way of redeveloping and maybe redesigning that sort of thing in your talk- yeah it's this one of the i mean Obviously, the, the the thing with fourth, well, obviously the difference between some of the, you know, you know, we're not we're not trying to make out with something that we're not, you know, we're not Aqualung that, yeah. that's got manufacturing plants here, there, and everywhere. So, yeah. at fourth element, obviously, yes, we have we have to do it a little bit different. Whereas what we now what we can do, or what I can do now working for fourth element is that I can actually now go out and, and find companies that we want to work with yeah um and obviously there's set um you know there's a set ethos that fourth element have of what we want 
not only what we do and what we stand by, but what we want companies that we work with. Yeah. Ideally, they need to have the same values and goals what what we have. So, you know, we want them to be, you know, ethical. You know, we want them to be, you know, mindful of waste. Mm. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, one of the big things that that we have and are working for is, you know, is going completely neutral with regards to, you know, on the obviously on the plastic side and things like that, from using anything virgin plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the from obviously what I was doing at Apex Aqualung at the end, which was the mass fins and snorkels, obviously that's going to be one of the things that we're looking at on that. And obviously when you start looking at the mass fins and snorkel side of it, it's um, it's probably the most plastic that is used in products for diving. Yeah. But then some plastics are okay, aren't they? You know, my brother, he was a... Um, involved in a, a local uh, plastic bottle manufacturer and they supplied all the plastic bottles for shampoos and all this sort of stuff. And he always tells me, and he always reminds me that some plastics actually break down better than some papers and things like that and, and are recyclable. Um, I don't know the physics of it. That's what he tells me. So, you know, I don't think we'll ever get away from maybe from the world of no plastic. It's a bit like the paperless office. I remember 10, 20 years ago, somebody, when they started learning about computers, somebody said to me, no officers will have no paper. There'll be no paper. And you go look in an office and see if there's any paper about today. And there will be. So I think there always will be. But I think it's that lifespan of what happens after that life. You know, so if it's, a, a plastic fin or a rubberized fin, I think it's okay that if after let's say 10 years use, it, then goes somewhere it can then be used and recycled and broken down for something else. Isn't it? It, it, it's funny, there's, there's, a, there's a whole new outlook with lots of companies now when they're, they're actually making products um, of doing it a full 360 yeah. product. So Obviously, at some point you've got to you've got to jump in on on the on the three sixty. Whether it be you are using virgin plastic to make a product because you have to use virgin plastic because of the thermal properties when you're actually in you know injection molding something or depending on I'm not certainly that we do that but at some point you, you you could end up having to have to use that yeah which is fine. It's just obviously the big thing is single use. Yeah. So if you do have to, which is like I say, which is fine. If 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 the product that you are making, you have to use that. But can that product that you've just made, at the end of its life, as a product of what it is currently, yeah, can that material be made into something else? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's the that's that's like your first tick. Yeah. Problems you get with that. If you take, I don't know what fins you guys dive use at the minute or whatever. So um, if you take, for instance, I don't necessarily mention any particular brands, but if you take a fin that, well, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk about fins. If you take a fin that is a plastic fin yeah. that has a rubber foot pocket or has rubber sections within the blade, yeah. yeah. 
when that was made as an injection molded product, the different materials are bonded by heat. Yeah. As, as, so it's a, it's a, you know, it's a thermal bonding. To actually grind that material down to make it into something else. Now you're going to have some rubberized material within that which is the black soft section, like the foot pocket or what expands on a blade. But then next to that, your, your bright colored bit, which makes your fin look pretty, really yeah. hard, is made from a different material. Yeah. Mm. So if you're now gonna grind that down as a product, where you started off with two materials, you're now starting off with an, a new material that's a blend of these two. Yeah. So you're very, very limited now what you can actually make out of that. You certainly can't make another fin mm -hmm. because yeah. you've got polypropylene and you've got rubber that's mixed together yeah. and you can't split them because they've been, because they've been bonded together. You yeah. can't split them. So yes, you could probably have them ground down and made into pallets transportation pallets or garden furniture or park benches and things like that you could possibly do something like that yeah. but it would never be able to make back into a fin no no <laughs> the other way of looking at it is trying to find materials that you can make a whole fin out of that can be ground down that then can be made into technically another fin so you'd have to go more down like natural rubber. Yeah. Um, that obviously is a little you're, bit- you're in, a, you're in the great place for it, because- So it's just having that, being mindful of what you're using and what you're using it for. Mm. Um, and again, and just looking, looking at things like, you know, a little bit different, which I'm so thankful for the guys at Fourth Element, you know, for Jim and Striker of their outlook of, for me as a product, you know, I like to think myself as a product guy now, whereas some of the restraints I might have had on me at my previous employer, because there you're looking at things slightly different in relation to, um, it's more on the mass and it's more of a quick, quick turnaround of product because it's a, it's, you know, it's a big company. It's a massive company and it's obviously you've, you've got to come up with things. Whereas the guy's, at fourth element it was a little bit more chilled and obviously I'm, i've come in from working for a bigger company thinking right well i need to do this and it's like calm down yeah. we'd sooner we'd sooner have the right product released at the right time yeah. made from the right materials and everything else is all you know the marketing's all ready before we launch a product there's no there's no rush and that's what makes it really different, isn't it? You've got like the mass and then you've got the more specialist and yeah. those that have got different views. Yeah. So it's quite refreshing in that, in that sense of now being given this, I wouldn't necessarily say free reign to do what I want, but free reign to explore ideas that I've got or, you know, we can bounce ideas off each other. And it's like, yeah. but back onto the Zoom calls, when you get a product... I get samples in and it's like, I've got a new sample. And they're like, okay, what does it look like? And you go, <laughs> it's like, yeah, great. Yeah. And then, right, okay. So what I'll do is I'll clean it 
and I'll send it, who am I sending it to first? And you send it to one person and they have a look at it and then they clean it and then send it to the next person. So whereas before you could have a product meeting all sat around a desk, yeah. all holding the same product at the same time and that now takes two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose it do, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Different worlds, yeah. Whereas it used to take 10 minutes. But, you know, what do you prefer that? Because, she, you know, we often have this conversation, don't we, about yeah. work-life balance, you know, and and I think if something that has come out the the whole lockdowns is getting that work-life balance right, isn't it? Rather than chasing here, there and everywhere, spending... Because, you know, driving in the UK is a nightmare now. You know, you know, to get anywhere takes ages. Now. It's so unproductive. You know, and it just seems like forever where you can... Zoom is good. It does speed up things like that. But I can get you... I do get your point about... You know, but isn't it nice being at home more now where it, it still turns out... Don't get me wrong. That, that is great. And, and it's, you know, it's one of them things that we always... Even when we used to drive into the office every day, obviously... I don't have that option now. Yeah. Fourth elements down in Cornwall. Yeah. yeah. I can't commute. It's <laughs> not commute. So I don't really have that option anyway. But you know, when I, you know, at my previous employer, you know, yes, you know, it was a minimum an hour each way. Yeah. You know, and you start adding that up. And obviously you don't realise until you start doing it. And it was one of them things that I always thought, oh, I can never work from home. I need, I'm one of these people that, and all my ex-colleagues will agree. It's like, if you ever got bored, you'd get up and come in our office and talk to us about it. <laughs> you know, I need, I need people around. So like with Zoom calls, it's like, right, okay, I'll, I'll phone people up on Zoom. Are we having a chat? For what? I just... Let's have a chat. <laughs> the fourth are good, you know, and, um, you know, uh, it's been our experience, you know, talking to Paul and Jim, you know, how open and forward thinking they are in way of running their business and looking for innovative ideas, especially sustainable, yeah. you know, getting rid of the plastic in packaging, um, you know, all those sort of things and looking at, you know, ocean positive. Yeah. Um, well, it makes you proud of, yeah, what you've, you know, like wearing the dry suit, you, you know, you really feel like you're wearing yeah. something. Is that, yeah, like I say, it's that, it's that feel good factor, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's great how Fourth Element have supported us as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's just a, yeah. Yeah, really good. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was funny when I, you know, when, when I first went to work for the guys, I mean, it was like, I was, I was as excited to go to work for them as, you know, I was hearing from them how excited they were for me to come into work for them. And it was like, this, 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 this is great, this. And it, was, and it was always one of them things, even though, you know, working for other companies, looking in on Fourth Element, thinking, oh, why can't we do that? Why can't we? And now I'm working for them. It's, it's great. It's like, yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. But you know, going to what you were saying then about, you know, the ocean positive side of it and the packaging and it's, yeah. you know, and I know there's lots of other companies doing it as well now, but they definitely were at the forefront um, yeah. you know, have, have, have led the way. And, you know, it's one of the things, you know, with the, the new things that, that, that we're bringing out now is the fact that we need to keep that momentum going. Um, you know, we, we, we need to be looking at the next thing, of what we can make something out of, or yeah. let's, 
you know, it's one of the, you know, the number of design meetings that I've sat in at various other companies and you start looking at things, well, what are we going to do? We're going to try and reinvent the wheel. Well, yeah, yeah we are. Yeah, it's good. So we know um, you can't die for a little while um, because of your, you know, injury and, uh, yeah. uh, but have you got anywhere in mind on the horizon that you're thinking, right, as soon as um, I am fit and well and I can go back to diving, uh, where do you think you're likely to head? Could be abroad or UK? My, I've, I mean, I've, I mean, yeah, I've, I've dived all over the world. Obviously, I've been fortunate with, you know, with the jobs that I've done of places that we get taken to, you know, for work. Um, one of the places that I've never been to is the Far East. I've never, I've never, never, ever been over that way. Um, not only for the diving, but, you know, for the culture. And, you know, I'd love to go and see that side of the world. Um, but diving wise of something that I really enjoy, Scapa. Yeah. Yeah. I Have love, been there before? I love cold water. Yeah. I've, I've, I've dived Scapa twice now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's that thing, you know, even when I first started at the dive, you know, but back in 91, when I first started diving, you always heard about this scapper flow and the German fleet, you know, the scuttle yeah. German fleet and everything. And you start thinking, well, oh, it's, it's not for me that it's all deep. It's too deep and it's all the rest of it. And then when you actually go your first time, you realize, well, you don't have to do deep. Mm-hmm. And I think the deepest dive we ever did, I'm trying to think, I think it was a, Crown Prince Wilhelm or something. I think it was, I think it's like the bottom at the time there where the guns are or something. I'm, like, so I'm not really up on it, but um, I think the deepest was like 44 meters, but we didn't have to go anywhere near it because you can't see anything down there anyway. I don't mean visibility wise, I mean, because they've turned upside down, there's nothing there to see. All the stuff you want to see is, is, is further up. Yeah. And we, I remember after the first trip that I went, and you start looking at your, your average depth. It was something like between 15 and 18 meters. The average, you know, the av- your average dive depth. And it was like, which is where all the light is. Yeah. Which is where all the masses of the fish are swarming on top of the wrecks. The, the light's amazing. You know, you're getting shadows coming through and beams of light coming through on there. And it just makes these wrecks just look amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We had um, to get out there as well, didn't we, at some stage? Um, so we, yeah, I think Scapa was the, the big wake-up for me. For, for yeah. And I th- again, I think it's one of them, whether you're into wrecks or not, it's, you know, even if you're into fish, the amount of fish that you get on the on these wrecks up in Scapa is just insane. Yeah. Um, and obviously you've got the history side of it, and obviously it's, it's, it's not, I say it's not too far away. I mean, I know we can get to... When you oh do have to God. drive to when you do have to do the, the, the migration up to Scapa Flow, it's like you do realize we could have gone to Egypt quicker. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. Because it's such a well, I think that is actually on a lot of people's lists, um, Scapa, isn't it? And uh, when we had Emily on from MV Huskian yeah. um, early in the year, and uh, it was great talking to her. And she was talking to us about, you know, for you, um, yeah. you know, still an open water. And she said, come up, come up. You'll have, still have a great time, even as a paddy open water diver. Yeah. Absolutely. And, good visibility. and that's the best thing about, you know, diving. It shows you don't, if you want to do 
wrecks you don't have to be a technical diver you no. can just be an open water diver or advanced and there's yeah, wrecks you can do yeah yeah, yeah. I'd say providing it's you know the, the wreck is within your depth limit that you're yeah. you know, qualified up to then yeah. it's all, all good yeah you know and, it, and again it, it depends if you if, if you want to read into I mean obviously it's a little bit different with Scapa because the, the the history of it is there we all you know you can you can pick lots of books up or ask any of the skippers that's up there and they'll they'll tell they you know they know the insides of of all what's happened and not just what happened up until the when the boats went down the ships went down but what's happened to them after that because obviously there was lots of salvage work done and things like that as well so it's um but yeah scapper's still still on I don't think it was one of them things that will ever come off the list. No, it'd be top of the list. Yeah. 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 Places, places to go to. But yeah. then the other one I've seen recently is that um, the new pool that's just opened in Dubai. Oh, the deep one. The, yeah. Which just looks awesome. awesome. It's crazy. It's deep, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Nice to uh, go and have a look at that. They got a very good video uh, go with that as well. Yeah. So if you could um, take three people diving, they don't have to be. They can be past, present, family, whatever. Who would you most like to take on a dive with you? Three people. I think the first one would have to be the the grandfather, the godfather of diving, which would be Jacques Cousteau. Because <laughs> end of the day, if it wasn't for him, none of us we wouldn't be doing this podcast now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, however you want to look at it. Um, <laughs> true. So yeah, he'd be on my list. Ooh. That's a hard one. That I've never, I've never really thought of that. I think any of my, and there's quite a few of my dive buddies that I dive with on a regular basis because you always want someone that knows that's got your back that you know you know them and they know you. Um, I think I'd like to have, and I, again, it's I know it, it probably sounds a bit of a cliche, but I mean I know he obviously he has he, he is a diver. Um, but just purely for the banter that you'd have on the boat and the, and coming back, it'd be you know Sir David Attenborough just to listen to have him talking to you in the ear, in your ear as you're diving around. Oh, I can you imagine that? Can you imagine doing a dive with him on comms and just awesome. just listen to him explaining something? It'd be insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just uh, like a sponge with all that knowledge in his mind and what he's seen. It's just I know. Two names that do get mentioned quite a lot is Jack Cousteau and Same and him, David Attenborough, and, and that's rightly so because they're you know both great people. And uh, I mean, I've got I, I've I mean I I mean obviously I've got lots of pictures around, but I've got I mean you can't really see because it's it's up it's up on that wall. Um, but I've got I've always like collected old dive kit. I mean, I've got so much kit; it's it's insane. I've got a question for you, and before that one, right? I'll leave that one to you. Okay. Okay. I, I was thinking about uh, <coughs> burning away for me. If there's a product now, I'm not asking you to uh, reveal uh, something you shouldn't or anything like business sensitive for information. But if there's a product, a diving product, whether it's free dive, scuba dive, whatever, that you think, do you know what? That really needs to change. What would what is it that you would actually really like to change? Would there be anything? Come up with something really wacky and <laughs> revolutional. 
I don't know. It's like it, the, the problem you get with product design is that if you take it too far, people look at it, whether it will do the job or not, people will look at it and go, no. Do you ever think about cars? Divers don't like change. They don't. But do you ever think about cars? I can never work this out. I'm not a designer. I'm a gardener. Why is it, right, we look at cars and you say, wow, that's a really nice car. And that designer has had that job for 20 years. Why is it he didn't think about that 20 years ago? And we go through a period of, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's true, isn't it? You look at certain, I, I won't mention names. And the thing is, I mean, I'm, I mean I'm, a, I'm a product guy, but I'm not a designer. I've got, don't get me wrong, I have ideas and I can influence. Sometimes you just got to get wacky and go out there and go, let's let's change it let's be revolutionary let's start the revolution but ian for them to get that in to get for them to get that idea it's based on they've seen something or they've been influenced by something so that's why things have changed throughout the years because you're influenced by different things i think we hinted on something earlier <laughs> now if you are going to have your foot removed stick oh, no. st stick something on there that you can then stick one of the, mo the motors on and how good is that going to be for your diving and free diving we're not promoting having legs Carl <laughs> but you know for the disabled world you know our, our disabled listeners how Disabled. great would that be get rid of the prosthetic foot and put a little motor on there and whiz I'm, sure I'm sure there's companies out there that are, that have i mean don't, don't get me wrong it's one of them things you know would i love to be part of something like that of, of helping people fourth element. get in the water yes absolutely i would but the realist you know the the, the the realistic side of it of it ever happening if i see it in a couple of years time it's got a well, fourth element okay. stick along the side i'll be going all right we talked about that on the podcast <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's that's happened quite a few times along the way. It is. That's happened a lot of times along the way. I mean, I remember I was one of the first ones to bring out, um, again, this was when I was at Beaver, spring straps. Yeah. Now, at the time, nobody, spring straps were a technical product. They only appeared on technical diving fins, period. And I'd said to one of the companies that we worked in the Far East, I said, could you take a spring strap and add a normal buckle from a normal fin? You know, like the one, like, I don't know if you've ever took any, if you've ever got to the stage where you've actually taken the buckles off your fins. Yeah. Yeah. It has like a mushroom fitting. Yeah. I said, so could we take a spring strap and use it to fit on a mushroom fitting that we could use spring straps on any fin? And they said, well, sure we could do it. And I know we were one of the first ones to, to bring them in. And we sold them by the thousands. Yeah, yeah I bet. Yeah. And then within a year, everybody had them. Yeah. So there's been there's been times when you've had little things, well, maybe we could do that with that. And I know that again, within you know, within the scuba industry, there's been a a lot of things where they've looked over the years to try and put things together to make it. Why buy why buy two products if you could buy one product that does both? Yeah. Which which in sometimes sounds better than it is. What I wouldn't want to happen is 
you then end up with a lesser product that doesn't do either of the two things that 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 very well mm-hmm. yeah that you can end up having now i know obviously over the years there's been bcs that have been made that have regs built in that have the gauges everything so you buy you buy that put it on a cylinder and it's done in principle it sounds fantastic you know as a consumer i only have to buy one thing and it does it all but it didn't do any of them particularly very well yeah yeah but you know it's all ideas isn't it yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, and and sometimes, like you said, what's what's the old saying? You you you've, sometimes you've got to crack eggs to make an omelet. So you know, sometimes you've got to d- try things. If yeah. you don't try, you're never going to know if it works or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it's like diving, isn't it? If you never try it, you never know whether you're going to like it. So, Absolutely. <laughs> so, Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Just talking as a new one. <laughs> I know, obviously, you, you, you've had Gary on a few times. I was, Gary was here. Gary was here the other day, and I was saying to Gary because he was looking around. He was looking around. He was like, "Why have you got none of my pictures up?" I went, no. <laughs> and I said, he said, "Well, I've got some of yours." I said, "I know you have." I said, "Well, I'm always the one with the bloody camera." Yeah. Do you like underwater photography? Is that one of your passions? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these the two few of these of of some of mine. I mean, I've got them all over the place. Um, yeah, it's. Again, it's just one of them things that's not because I don't teach, you know, it's and, and again with the product and it, you, you just I think it's just being a bit creative. You just yeah. want to be. But it's the most frustrating thing ever. And, you know, you think, you, you know, you, you think other sports are, are expensive and then you start getting into photography, you start getting into underwater photography. It's like, pfft. yeah, mega bucks. You know, and you, and you realize you've got a camera rig that's worth the same as a some people's small car. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it, it's it's crazy. You know, it doesn't have to be an expensive sport, does it? It's just, yeah. Okay. No, it, and again, it doesn't. But it's one of them. It's it, you know, it's it's when you've done it, and obviously you're on. You've just started on your journey. You know, and you're you know, happy with your mask at the minute and you're happy with your fins and you're happy with your BCD and your computer and all the rest of it. But there'll come a time when you go, do you know what? Fancy a new computer. Yeah. Yeah. Fancy a new mask. I fancy a new, B- you know, I fancy a new this. And you, and you suddenly realise you've now got two full sets of kit. And then you're progressing. It's like, then you've got three full sets of kit. <laughs> then the room's full. Yeah. And then the room's full. And then you've got, you know, then you, 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 you're building 15 foot garage, uh, 15 foot sheds in the back garden just to <laughs> just to house the overspill from the garage. Oh no! Uh, no maybe and the then divers don't get rid of stuff. No, no. I hate. I've I've still got my first set of. I've still got my first mask. Oh yeah. Um, I did have my first wetsuit. The wetsuit that I was talking about before. I did still have that. Although when I took it, and it it had been hung up in my garage for 15 years. I took it off the hanger and put it down. The suit stood up on its own. Because <laughs> it was the, the neoprene had gone that hard. Um, it literally stood up on its own. Absolutely worthless. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't even reuse the work the, the neoprene. Um, but the problem you get the 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 deeper you go in or the longer you go into in the industry, I'm not saying in the industry, but as a as a sport, is that the toys get bigger and more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you get into, like, say, the, the photography side of it, or you get into the, um, 
underwater scooters and you start buying scooters and it's like yeah they're serious bags aren't they as well what have I bought one of them why, why have I just bought one of them <laughs> why not how many times how many times a year am I going to use it uh, and then you start thinking actually I've done my legging now I can't swim there we go so, I'm going to be using the scooter a lot because I'm going to start shortly on the free diving side because there's a there's a discipline called free immersion that you pull yourself down the line and then pull yourself back up. So you'll be able to get in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's. So really I'm going to be I'm going to be able to start doing that. Yeah. Um, irrelevant of when I have the operatable. If touch wood, they do fully operate on 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 the leg and that, but at least I can get down to Cape and Ray because I can't drive at the minute because it's my right leg anyway. So even if it, well, even if it, if it was my left leg, I, I suppose I could drive an automatic because it's my right leg. Yeah. Dead in the water, so to speak. Um, but I can get to the water's edge. I can use the scooter to take me out to where we're going to, where the lines are. And then I can go up and down the line and then use the scooter to take me back in. Yeah. So We've already planned that. That's that's all. That's all planned. That's ready. So, yeah. Well, at the end of the day, you can live by that mantra, haven't yeah. you? So you've got to, yeah, fulfill everything. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. You're capable of doing. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely agree. With that. Mm -hmm. But like you say, the work that the inland quarries have done now, you know, the Cape and Rays, your Endax, um, you know, Vobster, um, obviously Stony Cove, and you know, and things like that. They've they're attractions now. You know, it's. Mm -hmm. You know, the number of, from when I very, very first took the photograph of Gary Dallas inside the plane, you know, the, in the fuselage that we yeah. on, on side mount, right in this dead center of the plane, that the Apex ended up using for the advert for the side mount set. Yeah. Um, and obviously put Gary, when it was one of the things that put Gary on the map, was the number of people now that dive Cape and Ray that try and copy that photograph. <laughs> I mean, it's great. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, you know, it's one of them things. If you could, I know, I know you can copyright a, a, a an image and an idea of an image, but it's like there's that many people done it now. It's like forget it. But but again, that was one of my first images that was used in an advert that yeah. went worldwide. Everybody knows that picture. Yeah, yeah. it is complete level. Yeah. It's funny. I was and it. Um, I was the one who named, who gave Gary the, the name Side Mount Bob. Oh, where? <laughs> yeah. It's <coughs> quite a character, isn't he? We're like, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's so funny. It's funny, we'd done a dive and it, he had a, I mean, he's still got a black black transit van, but he had a really old black transit van and he'd sprayed it because Gary's a mechanic, he's a mechanic as well, he used to work with um, TVR and, you know, he's re really good, really good at what he does. And I'd, back of his van was really dusty. You know, you, you know, it's one of them that it needs a clean. Yeah. And I drew, I drew a picture of side, of Sideshow Bob. Obviously it was Sideshow Bob. And I drew a picture of Sideshow Bob and wrote underneath it, Side Mount Bob. <laughs> and obviously it stuck, but he went absolutely mental because really? he just done this paintwork and it was like a glitter flake. Well, he oh. likes his paintwork, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, with my finger, Draw, drawn this thing and he was like you do realize that's just scratched into the van now I'm like, look mate i'm really sorry and it's like i really i mean seriously sorry his ass yeah. nice guy yeah. Yeah. yeah 
there another question we ask uh, all our podcast uh, guests is if you could put a statement on a billboard out to the entire world just to get something out there that means something to you so it could be a statement could be a picture could be a dance what would you say to the world give it a go if you don't try it you're never going to know I mean I know it's a little bit extreme but I mean there's a I know we all go by different things I won't bring it in but it, and basically it says you know um trying to it does now um find what you love and let it kill you now it, you can read into it in different ways for, for for me as a mantra it's find something you love and do it to the best you can possibly can yeah, yeah. so I know it sounds a little bit deeper than what it is but it's yeah it's if you're going to do something do it to the best to, to the best yeah. you can yeah because yeah. you're, that's that's when you know you're going to get the most out of it and you give it a good go yeah and the most enjoyment as well yeah that's, it's all about yeah having some fun yeah. like that. if you could teach your kids that's a good thing to teach your kids actually mm. if there's anything you know yeah brilliant yeah i like that very good yeah no, great questions yeah and sort of great overview of yeah kind of what you've done on your scuba journey yeah mm. and hopefully uh, a lot more to come Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, obviously, we'll yeah. keep, obviously keep in touch. You're a friend of the podcast now. So, yeah, it's oh. all great to follow people and revisit people back um, a lot along the way as well. Yeah, there is. And um, yeah. yeah, it's been great. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for coming on and giving us time. That's been brilliant. And yeah. uh, nice to meet you after all this time. <laughs> we got there in the end. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thanks for your time. To, no problem. Yeah, yeah it's been great. But thank you very much. Thanks for coming on and giving us time. That's been brilliant. And yeah. uh, nice to meet you after all this time. <laughs> we got there in the end. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah thanks for your time. To, no problem. Alrighty then, we're back. Um, thank you to Dean uh, for giving us a bit of his time. That yeah. was a really great chat. Enjoyed that? Yeah, it was lovely to meet him on Zoom. It was, and, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, and... Uh, Hopefully a, a new friend to the podcast, yeah, there, so yeah. uh, that would be really good. Uh, and that's fascinating to hear all about the different things we've been involved in. Yeah, yeah, and check out our social media. There'll be some pictures that Dean has sent us that we'll be using. Yeah, so. we're sharing. And uh, I know there's a lot of people out there in the diving world who know Dean. Yeah, he's and, kind of uh, one of the circuit, isn't he? Yeah, that you, yeah kind of, one of the Rat Pack. Yeah, <laughs> one of the gang. One of the gang. <laughs> so, yes, um, so look out for that. Coming up, next episode, we'll be talking to you from the Farne Islands. We'll be on location. Yes. We can't say we've done that before. No. So a bit of a roving reporter episode on the next one. Uh, we've not done that before. We'll just have to see and wing it. Wing it. And see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Not that we ever wing these things. <laughs> we're always totally organised. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's where we are. Um, but um, And we're going to be diving in. Hmm are semi dries yeah our 65 semi dry suits the 03 can i add a ca caveat mm, go on i'm gonna so uh, my plan is right i'm gonna go semi dry first day yep on the friday i looked at my you know the great thing about keeping a dive log is that you can look back and i've looked back at my previous years shows the importance of logging every dive it doesn't does it? yeah so uh i've looked back on previous years at temperature and up there has been about 12 degrees. Mm -hmm. And their depth 12, of... 13. They're all been 
you don't really do deep dives for most because you know you, you you go up there to play with the seals and mess around in the kelp and do a bit of seal you know you pretend you're a seal for a little seal while interactions you know it you? is and you know the seals are all in several meters they're not down silly depths no, and stuff no. you know and you're open water as well and um you know there's no point you don't need to go deep no no so we're talking like 12 you have 15 great fun meters. just slapping on a single tank you know jumping off the boat and having great fun in just a few meters yeah. you know with them and they'll the, the seals come and greet you when you're on the surface yeah. you don't you know if you want to go play dance with the seals you, you can do that snorkeling or just with a single mm. tank very easily don't need yeah. twin sets and stuff like that you know so we're going to give the seats a go yes initially yes yeah. uh the, the caveat is because 12 degrees is the bottom of the range you know uh, if we do feel a bit chilly i might go to my ocean yeah. dry suit because we have got two dives to do with no um like shore interval so we're going to be on the boat for yeah yeah the time. for the first you know we'll see how it goes yeah, yeah. don't want to be cold i'm a diver that feels the cold do you want to be cozy i do like to be cozy my and my lovely o3 dry suit does keep me yeah well we're going with all options open aren't we so but we're, yeah, yeah. I, we'll plan to use the semi dries but on tom the... has arranged girl tom right over o3 if you look for some uh, semi-dry suits or dry suits uh, or, or even wetsuits yeah uh, give them a call um you know we've got these 65 uh, semi-dry suits yep. so they come with a a john i think is the word a deep skin a deep skin john like a, it's like a short i've never owned a onesie <laughs> well you've tried it now haven't you? <laughs> i wish i looked as good in a onesie as some of my crossfit friends look as good phil <coughs> who looks as <laughs> who kind of suits a onesie but yeah, anyway, but they're quite snug, aren't they? They are quite. They are yeah. kind of. They are very kind of snug. Yeah, but they they that just adds another two mil under the. And you do kind of have to go. Possibly. Well. Commando. Commando. <laughs> yeah. But don't have to. But you don't have to. Depends how you feel. Yes, uh, but yes. So you get two mil. Deep skin. Deep skin. Yeah, and then John. you've got your. A uh, six mil body on the semi dry. Yeah. So that's giving you eight mils of yeah. yeah so you are kind of toasty. I've, mm. I've, you know, this time of year I've done uh, off our coast here in a five mil wetsuit with yeah, so that's just a and been toasty as anything. Yeah. yeah, and they've got entry is a back zip on the back, so you don't have yeah. to put your head through. So they're much more well. They're they're still we do need jollop to get them on. I need kind of bath myself in jollop to, to slide into mine. You look very slimy. <laughs> oh, I, do. I do kind of have to lather myself up. Glisten when you get in it. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, getting, I think it'll get easier, won't it? They're very new, so it was um, yes. quite a feat to get in there. Yeah, and we've got some uh, non-zipped O3 boots. Zipperless, that's what they're called. boots. <laughs> yeah to go with it as yes well. and i wore mine um saturday diving and they're really comfy yeah they yeah. are yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, i should be wearing mine for the first time yeah, yeah. and um, we had our gloves on and a hood uh yeah well i'm a big fan of the o3 uh, gloves i have to say yeah well, i had my fourth element because um, well. they light up in the dark yeah just for that reason really they look groovy and uh, yeah we saw other people with them on as well so yeah so, yeah and we saw other people in the 65 semi dries as well didn't we we so, did yeah, yeah up at stony giving them a go yeah. so uh, if you are in a dry suit in the UK and you're thinking, mm. blimey, that's a bit hot for the old dry suit at the minute, um, you may want to consider 
a 03 semi-dry suit. £279, I believe, at the moment. It's on the affordable website. for, yeah, a dry suit, a semi-dry suit, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's not outrageous. And I would say warmer than a wetsuit, but Definitely. not as... Yeah. But I think if you're, you know, if you're doing beach diving, where there's usually quite a hike mm. um, down to the water's edge, um, the semi-dry is potentially a cooler option. Yeah, and you can have you know the zip undone or your arms out, so yeah. it's something that you can then like kit up right on the shoreline. Yeah. So well, to be fair, you would have a dry suit anyway. You wouldn't mm. be zipped up in a dry suit if you've got yeah. a fair old walk to go. But you wouldn't have your thermals on. But and, you wouldn't yeah. have thermals in that one. So, no. um, so it's been a bit of a revelation, diving. Hey, I'm, I'm a converted man. Yeah, yeah, and that was my first time diving without a dry suit and using the BCD. Yeah. So that was another bit you of practice. You use that funny thing, don't you, on know. your left, you, that inflator thing. That's weird, doesn't it? You yeah. use that button to get you... It was a bit strange at first because you didn't feel like you'd got air in your legs like you would have on a dry suit. So your buoyancy yeah. side of things. <laughs> yeah, you had to work on your buoyancy. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> but that's all good practice, isn't it? It certainly yeah. is. It is. It certainly is. I've got to admit, I so you so right on the first dive, kept get going to my chest to uh, inflate and I was like oh no no I've got to <laughs> use this other thing. I've got to use this other thing I'm on my left arm yeah, yeah so, so, but then yeah, we're getting all ready for the Farn Island so we've got all our gear yeah and talking about gear um, so you've um, been very kindly supported by our great mm. friends over at Shearwater yep so I've got a Peregrine dive computer that I used for the first time and you had loads of people say to you when you put that post out Get the sheer water. Yeah, everybody was like promoting sheer water. They came out top, basically. A few people said uh, Sintos, didn't yeah. they? You know, yeah, there was Garmin. A few. Were, yeah, but out of the, the majority was sheer water. Said, get the peregrine. <laughs> yeah, so I did. So you did? <laughs> yeah, so I wore it with the strap on. So Sorry? <laughs> Look. So I've now converted it with the bungee. So, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Like, don't lower the tone. <laughs> I don't what you meant. So, yeah, so I'm going to wear it. Well, I had it on my right, left hand, but I've changed it to my right hand now. Right, okay. <laughs> Why so, are you on red? Oh, it just looks... <laughs> <laughs> Is it still being recorded? Yes. Sorry, li sorry listeners, but we've lost Gemma. Now we're going in, even in redder. <laughs> She's just gone red and laughing. Anyway, so um, Shearwater, we were talking about Shearwater dive computers. We were, yes, and you, Jack, right, let's start again. Yes, so it's really easy to use. We've set it up. Yeah. So, and it's on fresh water, which we'll need to change to salt water this yes. coming week. Yeah, they're easy to do. The settings are really easy how to change the um, slint in that over. Yeah, and we did, it came up with a safety stop. Yeah. Yep, so that was really good to see. Yep. So, yeah, so in like the first two dives of using it it's really clear to use so yeah it will do you for 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 your career and diving you yeah. know they you look after it it'll last you a lifetime yeah. and uh, you you know they are brilliant yeah yeah so we've got that set up put the bungee straps on because i think that'll be a bit yeah. more secure gotta say there are obviously other manufacturers you know we don't want to single anyone out you know, it's only our opinions. Yeah. But they, you know, but we're going to talk about it because we. There's yeah. a lot of people out there who do agree. That's right. Yeah, and we've also uh, been supported by Deep Blue, who make the Cosmic Dive Computer. So right. yeah. that's another one. It's still in the box, but we'll be trialing that next week. And that's going to well. be your backup. 
the backup one. It's it? on the same algorithm, yeah. so um, that will be another one to wear. Yeah, it's both on the um, Bullman mm-hmm. um, algorithms, I suppose. I think yeah. and that's a nice-looking watch as well. So yeah, it's really yeah. nice. Yes, yeah, yeah. um, you know, it's good to have a backup. Um, be interesting. I've not. I've got to admit, that's a new make. I haven't heard of. Yeah, there are reviews out there, and yeah, it. Yeah, Dive Magazine done a yeah. good review on it. Yeah. Yeah, so that kind of retails for about sort of high two hundred, three hundred pound mark. So yeah. So price wise, it's about about hundred and something pounds less than the less than the Shearwater yeah. Peregrine. I think retails about four hundred and fifty yeah. pounds here at the moment. But it's like a watch configuration with like the it's got two straps it comes with as well, right. so different yeah. colours. And I think you can get like replacement straps as well. So so you can like yeah. um what do you call it? Accessorise it with your drive. Accessorise, accessorise. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Awesome. Yeah, so we'll get some posts out all about the dive computers we're yeah. using so and you'll be using Shearwater and Sinto won't you yeah yeah they're two dive computers I've used for years and um, I you know I always use the use them both my Shearwater per, um, uh, Perdix AI as uh, my di- main dive computer and the Sinto um, D4 Novo yeah, yeah, and that's a like a good-looking kind of watch. It is, yeah, they are. They both got you know uh, pluses and minuses mm. um, to pros and cons. But um, yeah, I really like them. I particularly like the sheer water. So easy to look at. Um, you know, gives you your safety stop. Yeah. yeah NDL, ev- everything you need to know. Yeah. And the menu. I, I love the menu systems. So easy. Yeah, seagulls. Even, even I can work it out. Yeah, seagulls are commenting as well. And they also <laughs> to join us. So we've got all the gear. And yeah. I've got a torch coming in the week, so we'll yeah feature yeah, that. You as need well. a torch, yep. don't you? You need yep. a torch. Spare some mask. stage, yeah, spare mask. So you've got everything you need, really. All the gear and trip. some idea. <laughs> well, that's not a bad place to be. You know, you you know, you, uh, you're doing really well. You're twenty what, 23. twenty-three dives in now, and um, you know we're now about to go jump in the North Sea. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be great to get back out into the sea and see some life. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it'll be your first experience diving with some big old mammals. Yeah, because we didn't see any in Synapse, did we? Oh, so, yeah, yeah, so we just saw some big fish. Yeah. But anyway, that's enough about the divers. <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> saw plenty of those last Saturday. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, so that, that's that. Um, just to say to everybody, uh, yeah, thank you very much for downloading this, but for in order for us to grow and spread the word, we do rely on our lovely listeners um, to tell your buddies. Um, you know, look back on our previous episodes, uh, some of the people that we spoke to. Uh, we've got some great people coming up in the pipeline. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for downloading the episode. Thanks for sharing. Um, tell your friends, tell your, um, your buddies about yeah. the Big Scoop podcast. You know, it doesn't cost anything to tell your friend about us. And leave us a, re- a review, especially on iTunes, because it helps us get found. Yeah, yeah. And if you've got any recommendations for products or guests, talk to us. That's all free as well. Yeah, we'll give you a we mention. particularly like to, to use products that we like. And if they're sustainable or um, somebody's now probably thinking, well, the truck's not sustainable. But, you know, you've got to get there, haven't you? It's about, yeah, it's it's not being about totally. It's just about making a difference, a live. small difference. Exactly, yeah. it's making small differences. So there we go. Um, but yeah, 
yeah so it's always great to hear from you and if you've got any recommendations for the Farne Islands that we can like go and see or any experiences people have got when they've been diving in the Farne Islands that'd be good to hear yeah it would it would and um, I think um, there's been some really famous photos taken at the Farne Islands with seals and that yeah like selfie yeah. well Alex Mustard did one didn't he he with did a with what, the seal on his head yeah how do you get a balance of seal on your head like that? that well, I'm not sure it was completely on his head, but yeah. And talking of Alex Mustard, we'll just say congratulations to be part of the Mars yes. team. Yeah, yeah, how good is that? Yeah. So, uh, well done to Alex, yeah. So, yeah. there we go. Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, we've got lots in the pipeline, but we'll, yeah. Keep up. posted, keep downloading, and keep sharing, and just make sure you're having fun out in the water. Yeah, be safe, but have fun. Yeah, right. I'm off, done our run for the day. We've done a 5k run, we've got our exercise sorted. Yeah, we'll catch you all later. See you on the next one. See you at the farm. Alright, bye everyone and thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We are not affiliated with any agency or organisation and all opinions expressed in this episode are our own and those of our guests. If you wish to make any comments about this episode, then please do contact us via email or our social media platforms that are listed in the episode show notes. Alternatively, you can send us a message or voice message via WhatsApp on the Big Scuba Bat Phone. And the number is plus four four seven eight one zero 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 five nine two four. We will always respond promptly. And thank you once again for downloading this episode.